0: Thank you for joining the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues Mitch Jelniger and Jordan Sherman.
1: You may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity.
0: When you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not, creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD, hemp, and medical marijuana brand.
2: Over the next 20 minutes or so, We'll talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders, and reporters in the CBD space.
1: You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD, hemp, or medical marijuana business stand head and shoulders above your competitors.
0: And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started.
2: Well, welcome to the Move the Stairs episode of Podcast 72. We are recording on Thursday, December 1st, 2022, and we're happy you're here joining us today.
1: Yeah, we're so excited to be joined by Kara Whitstock. Um, She has been in the biz, as they say, for more than a decade, writing about cannabis uh, in media. Most recently, she was a culture editor, a entrepreneur, and the host of the Fresh Cut podcast. While she's got great experience interviewing top cannabis industry leaders. She's also worked at a premier dispensaries and even ran dispatch for a medical cannabis delivery firm in California. So we're going to have quite a conversation, Mitch.
2: Absolutely. We're going to ask her about how important uh, she thinks it is to build customer loyalty by essentially educating your customers uh, with the latest information and how to discern what is factual and what may be more of just opinion or maybe some marketing claims swirling out there.
1: We're excited to tap into Kara's expertise as a journalist, especially since focus is so important in building a business. You know, what journalists and outlets should CBD hemp and medical marijuana businesses reach out to and actually take time out of their business day to establish relationships with?
2: Yeah, build that rapport. And lastly, we're going to dive deep into how CBD uh, hemp, uh, medical marijuana businesses can maintain that resiliency with some, you know, pretty uncertain future out there. So we're excited to tap into Kara's expertise and perspective as a journalist and then learn what she thinks a business owner should prepare for as we turn the calendar to 2023 with so much right now up in the air.
1: All right, well, let's get started. We'll bring Kara into the studio. Hi, Kara. Thank you for joining us today.
3: Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, I think we did an okay job at introing you, but um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're up to and um, tell us more about your background and and who you are.
3: Well, right now I'm looking for my next step in journalism, but background wise, I studied philosophy in college, so I'm just as surprised as you to be here as a journalist. Um, Cannabis medicine really helped me in my life, and so I set out trying to share that experience with other people, and the way I knew how to do that was through writing, so I just kept writing about this plant, what it did for me, and slowly found my way into reporting on some of the coolest, newest technology and businesses in the biz.
2: Very good. Well, big background you have there. All right. (laughs) We we know that one of the biggest challenges uh, when we talk to CBD companies out there is, is building that customer loyalty really at a time when there are so many companies and so many products out there to choose from. There's a lot for the consumer to
1: choose from. Absolutely. And we believe that yeah, educating true. customers is a great way to build that trust and actually turn them into repeat customers, which we know um, is a pain point for a lot of CBD companies out there. Um, so what do you think about the whole education bit? Um, you, you kind of previewed it in, you know, in introing yourself, but we'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> and you also That's have to tell horror. us. she deserves
3: name. an intro as well. <laughs> there you um, go.
1: Your assistant.
2: The,
3: the question was, Educating customers on your product. Um, it's essentially the most important thing, especially in CBD with so many products that seem exactly the same. Oil after oil after oil, bomb after bomb after bomb. If you're telling a story about how you got here, about what goes into making each product or simply the day-to-day at your business, that'll set you apart, build a relationship with your consumer and keep them coming back.
2: Yeah, just kind of tell your story. You know, we read at least a dozen articles a day, all with seemingly new information in this arena. So as a journalist, when you're doing research for a story, how do you discern what's right or wrong? What's fact, what's hyperbole out there?
3: This is a loaded question in cannabis industry. And I believe we're speaking specifically on CBD because we come from a line of very little studies, very little concrete fact, And that's a variety for a variety of reasons. But what I do personally is reach out to as many first sources as I can. Um, I have been working in cannabis for long enough that I have a pretty deep network of experts, um, scientists and whatnot that I can shoot an email to. And that's what I personally do. I know if you study journalism, there's some very serious bullet points that you go through to do this. Um, In cannabis, we are blessed with the opportunity to be some of the first people writing about certain things, but that also comes with a great responsibility. And for a few years now, I don't know that everyone is taking that responsibility seriously because there's been some circular reporting. You know, we run with stories that haven't been fact-checked. So that's a super important question, Mitch. And I think right now, since there aren't a lot of first sources primary sources the best thing to do is talk to each other speak to experts and (laughs) fact check just the the crap out of what you're writing if you want it to really make an impact and stand the test
1: of time okay it's it's um a great point that you bring up um because i mean you hit the nail on the head we're we're still learning so much about how this plant impacts us, how it impacts our pets, you know, what it, what it can be used for, what the different cannabinoids are, are best for. Um, so where do you start? I mean, when you hear something new, um, and we're going to talk about the latest article you published um, a little bit later on in the recording, but as something, if it's a press release or Um, A new study kind of hits your inbox and you're looking at it, you know, where are you looking um, when you're trying to do that fact check? Do you have two or three different um, media outlets that you go to that you trust um, that may be writing about similar topics? Or is there like a higher education um, institution that you go to their their website um, for facts? I mean, how how do you do it as a journalist? It sounds really difficult.
3: (laughs) It is quite difficult. You're absolutely right. Um, I like to go directly to um, like PhDs that I've worked with, because there's a lot of curious doctors and scientists that entered cannabis with a lot of knowledge from outside. Ideally, I would love to go to a university. I would love to go and find studies that support or um, discredit something that I'm reading. But due to the lack of ability for federal funding for studies, those are just very hard to come by. So I think going to a network of people or a lot of people don't know this, you can just email doctors and researchers on these studies just directly. (laughs) Oftentimes, the email is just a click away right in the same exact page. And that is something I do quite often. Um, And I just search for networks of people that are experts in extraction with CO2 or butane or, um, you know, maybe somebody who's used the actual technology like nanotechnology is something that is kind of hard to comprehend. And there's a lot of opacity within that. And So search for someone like a doctor who studied that and then moved into the space. Um, I do a lot of detective work. (laughs) I don't know if I'm making it harder on myself, but it's what works for me.
2: Well, that's reporting. I mean, you're putting your reporting skills to use, so that's, that's exciting to see. Yeah, You don't know unless you ask. Is um, yep. as, as Jordan mentioned, you know, at MNC Communications, we're all former journalists, and so that experience that we have, it helps prepare our clients to take advantage of all the media opportunities that may arise, that may come their way, by positioning those clients as thought leaders, uh, experts who can give great interviews. And so we call that
1: Insider Media Relations. And consequently, it, it's the second pillar um, in brand protection PR, and we're always trying to go out of our way to help our listeners uh, build upon that pillar because it's so important. You know, we're always talking about the importance of relationships with reporters such as yourself uh, and, and establishing those relationships with the press. Do you have any examples of a company uh, that maybe reached out to you and, and tried to give you that um, you know, a little bit of a back and forth and maybe not necessarily soft pitched you on something, but you said, Hey, this is who I am. This is, you know, what we do. This is the products that we make. Just want to reach out and say, hello, you know, we're, we're happy to be an industry resource. Should you ever call?
3: You know, that's a great question for me because I managed op-eds for entrepreneurs. So I often turned relationships with Mm -hmm. experts I was interviewing into thought leadership relationships. And one very specific positive experience that i had was with the people's ecosystem they're a multi-state operator run by christine de la rosa she's kind of a powerhouse in cannabis Um, and what we did is monthly a new female executive from their firm would write something and i worked directly with their reps to find out what they actually wanted to talk about and then from there we built out a pitch and a title. Mm-hmm. In a less organic way, I developed a relationship with um, a gentleman named Dan Serard, who's a marketing expert in cannabis. And his rep would just email me a pitch and say, would you like to read it? And so it can really be at either end of the spectrum. I loved those organic relationships where I just noticed somebody had some great points in a random conversation and said, are you interested in writing? Um, Which can go either way. Some people, it's not their talent and you move on. But um, yeah, the people's ecosystem was one of my favorites because Christine, you should go back and look up some of her op-eds for Gondrepreneur. They're very poignant and they pack so much experience as a social equity operator into a thousand words, which is just not easy to do.
2: No, not at all. You're building trust with those, with those contacts.
3: Exactly. And that's the basis of these relationships because a reader is not going to trust something that doesn't have that sort of um, meat, a vegetarian, no. that right. sort of meat on it. Um, a reader is going to trust somebody speaking from experience, speaking from their, their innate knowledge. So that's what I try to do when I'm sourcing these.
2: It makes sense. And and so then becomes the question, which journalists, right? I mean, if we went online and we searched CBD or cannabis or something, there's so many media outlets. Um, Mm -hmm. What steps do you take to choose the the journalists uh, and what steps should the business owner, if they have, say, be a CBD business, uh, what journalists should they be targeting? What would your suggestion be?
3: That really depends on the product and the story, doesn't it? So I think it's best to start with yourself. Look in the mirror, identify who your consumer is. Identify what your product is and who who it's who do you really would like to talk to about it. And then from there you can find the outlet that they're reading. Your perfect consumer. I love marijuana moment. If you're looking to target like heavy business people, policy interested, or The new consumer who wants hard news, I think that they're reading Marijuana Moment personally. Um, I'm always going to shout out Gondrepreneur as well, Mm -hmm. but um, I also recommend searching your journalists on social media. You would be surprised um, how many are sharing a lot and how that can help you decide if they're the right person to tell your story or not.
1: I think we already know the answer to this question, Um, but where, which social media outlets should um, business owners be using to to seek um, some of the folks they wanna make uh, and establish relationships with?
3: I come from a B2B world, um, Mm -hmm. so I will preface that. Uh, LinkedIn is just popping off for cannabis and CBD. We are out there on LinkedIn and I think it's because, and this has changed a little recently, but far less um, censorship. Of mm-hmm. cannabis business who are operating within guidelines they just simply sell cbd are not being censored as much on linkedin and the community there there is growing in such a way that wow people's posts are just going very viral um i also recommend instagram because i am just a millennial who loves using instagram <laughs> 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 and the kids love tiktok but the thing about the talk is that you have to be artful. That The users of TikTok are very discerning. Direct marketing, they see it and they say, okay, scroll by. But the things that are going really viral, for example, this is a complete left off of CBD, but I got on the library thread of Instagram Reels. And some <laughs> of these librarians are so funny and so accurately depicting what they offer and what they need from their patrons to keep going so um i guess the answer to tiktok would be hire someone young to help but (laughs) (laughs) they (laughs) seem to get it um but i i think that linkedin for any cbd or cannabis executive is a great place to build rapport within the industry and build a network and that word of mouth from in-industry people, we all have four aunties asking us what bomb goes best for their tennis elbow, or my mom personally sends me her friend's ailments constantly and asks me which products they need. So in-industry, word of mouth is just a prolific way to spread the word, and LinkedIn is where that's happening.
1: That's fascinating insight. And I'm I'm sure our listeners right now are probably opening up a new tab on their window uh, (laughs) and going to LinkedIn to um, do some of that research and maybe make connections they've been trying to establish for quite some time. Um, Your recent story that you did in Gondrepreneur, it was on a company called Unlocked Tech. uh, And it's very tech, Nicole, (laughs) the process that they use to service their um, cannabis industry clients. But You wrote it in in such a way that, you know, even a person who may not necessarily uh, have a a deep background in cannabis and how extraction processes work, um, they would be able to understand that. And you used a really great um, analogy to talk about that. So when you're writing a story, and and I guess this is kind of a two-part question, um, number one... uh, Do you look for companies to try to give you an analogy to make something like a a really technical process easier? Or is that something that you have to do as a journalist to say, okay, how can I best connect with my readers uh, or my viewers if it's going to be a a digital um, type of news story?
3: The company is Day3 Labs. I'll start Mm -hmm. there. The technology is unlocked tech. Ah, gotcha. Yes. The answer... Would be it depends, you know. Josh Rubin, the CEO. I'm I'm thinking you might be talking about the Raisin Brand analogy. Yep. <laughs> um, that's the one. <laughs> and as soon as he said it, because I my first interview was just speculatory for this story. Um, I got a pitch from a PR rep from a company that was using this technology, just mm-hmm. saying, Hey, we have this gummy. And honestly, we get pitched on gummies forty five times a day. So I said, I know this PR rep. This company's been around forever, it's Olio, Dab Olio. Um, so let's just have a meeting. So I met, I met with their brand manager for 15 minutes. I did not really understand what was happening with this technology, but they were claiming that it was something important. And about four years ago, a company came out and said they were making CBD from hops and it turned out to be, I think, pretty false. And so I said, okay, let's just give this the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to meet with the CEO of Day3 Labs. So I sought them out. I found out his rep and I got through to him. And he was able to explain the technology to me as a former biochemist turned CEO for a really cool company that takes advantage of the research abilities in Israel and then advantage of the enterprise in the States because you can't sell cannabis this way in Israel, and you can't study cannabis this way in the States. So I thought, one, that's very cool. They're going to be doing some really cool stuff studying Parkinson's with this technology soon. So I'm going to have to keep that relationship left so I can learn. But yeah, um, he said the Raisin Brand thing, and something in my brain clicked. And the way that I write is to help people understand cannabis. I have been having too many thanksgiving dinners trying to explain things to people that i said i'll just put it on the link so i can send you that <laughs> instead <laughs> um and i knew that I had to make it in the article and i was very glad i always approve stuff like this through multiple channels with the brand to make sure one i'm right about the technology and two i'm using the verbiage that they would like to proliferate in the world um and they didn't want to remove that raisin brand analogy and <laughs> it really is good you know pack the sugars right onto that little raisin and send those cannabinoids and terpenes into your bloodstream um but yeah that technology was not easy to write about I started writing like journalistically in this industry for a science magazine um and I was really bsing I'm not gonna lie to you about it (laughs) I was trying my hardest but I do feel like that unlocked tech Spotlight came full circle and really showed me, you know, if you keep on working and keep on researching and learning from those hard lessons where you maybe made a mistake and reported something wrong and have to eat mm-hmm. crow a little bit, um, you can become so much better if you just keep writing. That's what I tell everyone who asked me how I got here. I say, you know, you just keep on writing. You've got this.
0: <laughs> yeah, got to
2: do it. Right.
3: Yeah. But you, thank you. I loved writing that one. I was pretty proud of it.
1: Well, it was your yeah. perseverance too, because it, it sounded like, you know, from, from the initial onset of the email to contact you, you're like, well, I know these people, so I'm going to hear them out. And then you kind of stumbled on to something, you know, even even cooler, eventually leading to that piece. So I, I think that's fantastic.
3: And shocking, no one's talked about it yet, because I think that it premiered four or five months ago. And it's, it's a game changing technology to be able to deliver the experience of smoking through an edible. Mm -hmm. that's the same every single time, oh, my goodness, that patients will be able to actually trust something ingestible that doesn't make you – THC will go through the liver and become, Mm -hmm. I believe, hydroxy, 11-hydroxy. Please look that up. But Mm -hmm. um, And that's what makes you lethargic, and that's what makes the experience different when you're eating an edible. So this technology bypasses the liver completely. I believe they call it first-pass metabolism. Um, so yeah, the first pharmacological research that's really been applied to cannabis business is game-changing surprise.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it was very technical, but again, uh, congrats on making that, uh, that light bulb moment when people would go, oh, I see what this can do, and it's
3: stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Really so, nice And sometimes
3: to- you do have to make an analogy, and that's when it's great to have a good editor, because mm. those can get flowery, and you need someone to have the guts to be like... Maybe cut a few words
2: out of there. It's creative, but it's not producing anything.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh All right. Well, uh, one of the other pillars here at MNC communications is creating a resilient brand. So what does that mean exactly? Well, CBD business owners, they're always looking for uh, the lookout for ways to strengthen their businesses and weather those threats to their reputation, uh, their bottom line uh, as well. So we help clients find the opportunity and all those challenges to you know, polish their reputations. Prepare for the unexpected. This is probably going to come, and that's really building a resilient CBD brand.
1: And that that leads us into um, our favorite parts of these uh, podcast interviews because we get to pick your brain about mm-hmm. you know what's coming down the line, and that's the easiest way to prepare us to try and forecast. Okay, you know what what issues or what policy changes are going to impact. Um, My business. So as a journalist, you're always looking for the next story. We know that. Um, So I'm curious, you know, what are you looking forward to in 2023 when it comes to cannabis? Is it research? Is it technology? Is it policy changes? It just seems like we're headed kind of full steam towards something really, really big in this industry next year. And we'd love to hear your thoughts.
3: There's so much. Yeah. (laughs) You bulleted through those and my brain was like this whirlwind of ideas. So I speak mostly to, I would just love to see small business owners survive what's coming. So that's generally what I look for and what I like to report on. Things like interstate commerce for um, THC inclusive plants and products could change the game for small businesses who are barely surviving. Um, But I think the big elephant in the industry is that we're cusping on legalization which for a lot of people is so exciting and for a lot of us who have been doing this for a decade a little scary or much longer you know the OGs and the Humboldt because that brings the entrance of what I call the business boys the big dogs the people who have been waiting it out and waiting for federal oversight, who have a lot of experience in big business, in policy-inclusive business, um, that may, hopefully not, would knocking, may take out a lot of small businesses. So I think we are looking towards, and it's been a year of this already, a lot of mergers and acquisitions, a lot of consolidation, Also, on the positive note, I think a lot of small businesses are going to look for like a co-op type of formation where they can work together, providing products to stores, marketing, um, you know, pooling resources Mm -hmm. so that they can survive alongside large industries. Because if we look at alcohol, beer, for example, you've got your Coors Light. And then in where I live in Bellingham, you've got like 45 small breweries. So (laughs) there's space for both. It can get a little ugly as we fight our way to the next stage. So while a lot of people are really excited for legalization, I get nervous. I get a little white knuckled and I'm looking forward to decriminalization where we can stop persecuting people for small possession. Um, we can release cannabis prisoners. We can research the plant the great minds in our country can finally research this plant without fearing they lose all of their accreditation and whatnot. So decrim is what I hope for. Legalization is what everyone is pushing for. And I think that's what will come. And I just hope everybody keeps voting with their dollar and knowing where they're buying their CBD and cannabis products from, because that'll keep the small enterprise alive.
2: Well, with such a crowded arena out there in this industry, are there ways that a business owner uh, can position themselves as one of those thought leaders right now in order to be the people that journalists think about interviewing when those
1: stories come along? And just to piggyback off of Mitch's question, I'm thinking of the small business owners that you just referenced in this because what better way to get your name out there than to be published in the press, right?
3: Yeah. And one thing that I did differently is that I spent a lot of, I was gifted the ability to spend a lot of time seeking out people that are too busy working their tails off to stay in business, to have PR reps and reach out to me directly. So if you're a journalist, do the extra work, you're going to find some gems out there that just simply don't have the time to put their neck out and get discovered. Um, But hiring a a good PR firm that knows how to actually build relationships with a journalist rather than bombard them with constant press releases that are clearly mass sent. Mass sending is fine, but I mean, take a balance. Desk sides are the best way that I got to know journalists, um, or got to know reps. Mm -hmm. And that really did impact who I talked to, but also just write something, um, I met a lot of people who reached out to me with a story or a rep reached out and said, this is already written. If you would like to read it and see if it fits your publication, please do. And that takes so much work. If a journalist doesn't have to do as much thinking, there's more chance they're just gonna read it and see. So um, if you're not getting the answers that you want and you're not being able to be featured in the way that you want, Think hard about what you want to talk about, write something good and just send it out and see what happens and seek out people like this who are interviewing people in the industry because that gets noticed as well. And in cannabis, you tend to get continued to be asked on to things. If you're seen in one thing that just it plants a little seed and then it keeps growing with each interview. So reach out. Don't be scared. Make friends. Don't hard sell and copy paste, but just be genuine. And that will get you into the right avenues because the people that receive you are the people that are meant to. So.
1: I believe that too. And um, in 2022, you know, networking and social media and, and making those connections is not weird. It's just, it's how business is done now. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got one more question, Kara, and then we will get you off of the hot seat and on your way to enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And I think this is a difficult one uh, for a lot of business owners to kind of process because um, with a lot of the positive things happening in the cannabis industry, you're also gonna have the other side of the coin where there's negative things happening too. Uh, and reporters such as yourself are, they, they need sources to, to talk about things. Um, and sometimes it's not great and it can be a bad look for, Um, a potential business owner to associate their brand or their business with a negative story. So how would you encourage a business owner to be a source for um, a story that's not great for the industry uh, and and encourage them to say, listen, you know, we want your expertise and this is not going to have an impact on um, the good things that you are doing. I'm just curious, how do you go about that process? It's got to be a pain in the neck.
3: How to be a source commenting on a negative story, (laughs) maintaining your um, own—I don't know.
1: I guess without without drawing your business into that, like
3: yeah, without being catty. Yeah, I think that speaking to what you know, Mm -hmm. not speaking ill of others, and following your gut about whether it's positive or negative is your best bet. Um, Give it a day. (laughs) write a quote because I'm guessing this might be a written in source Mm -hmm. quote or you know if it's right on the cuff or right on the spot on the phone um speak from the heart rather than what you think will be funny or witty um I I'm only speaking from personal experience because I've never been in that hot seat but I often make the wrong choice in what I say when I'm trying to be something rather than just be. So, and don't hard sell your business. I hate that as a journalist. (laughs) If you add in something that's unnecessary just to write the name, we're going to link you. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. Don't worry. But um, yeah, don't try to be something. Just state the facts, period.
2: Yeah, be real.
3: Yeah, it's this, this upcoming generation does not, do well with the flowery BS. They want, they just want to know what's going on and they want to know who you are and mm. they'll make their own decision. So,
2: yeah, that's good advice. Well, Kara Whitstock, thank you so much for joining us on this Move the Stairs podcast. We appreciate your time. If our listeners out there would like to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect with you?
3: Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You search my name, Kara Whitstock. Um, direct messages are open. And then I, it's not very business oriented, but my Instagram is Kara underscore Juana, like marijuana. Um, and you can always connect with me there, but you're just gonna get a lot of baby pictures and pictures of dogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah,
3: All
2: right. thank Cara, you so much for you.
3: having me. It's been a great conversation.
2: Yes, right. thank you, Kara. Thank you, we appreciate your time. Thank you. That was a good conversation. Uh, yeah. She's very knowledgeable. Uh, obviously is very passionate about this business and it really kind of shows how brand protection PR can work in everyday business. When we were talking early on at the beginning there, Jordan, about building customer loyalty, I jotted this down. She said, you know, there's so many products out there that are similar. Don't be bashful. Tell your story. And and that was great. I think it was great advice because as as a business, you might be thinking, well, that's kind of inside baseball, but if you're sharing What your motivation is, how you came up with your products and why this is important to you. I think that will really resonate with customers.
1: And speaking of customers, um, I mean, everybody knows you you have your customer persona, right? You know, who's the person you want to sell your products to? Um, What I thought was really cool when she was talking about, you know, building relationships with members of the media is really identifying, you know, who are the readers of industry uh, cannabis media? Are they your customers? If they are your customers and they fit that persona, uh, those are the reporters and those are the the media outlets that you really want to be making relationships with so that, um, you know, your potential customers or maybe even your current customers are seeing your name published when talking about really important things. I I thought that was brilliant.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. And, and you know, I, I, I also picked up, obviously, when she was started, she talked about, you know, pick a PR firm that knows how to build those relationships mm-hmm. with the media players out there, because there's so many. Um, and then I think it, it sounds so simplistic, but just be real, be honest, um, and don't pontificate about things you may not know about. And I think that'll go a long way to building that resilient CBD brand.
1: I thought you were gonna go for a shameless plug there for no. uh <laughs> for our agency, Mitch. <laughs>
2: no, well, I mean, you know, we we would always tell, yeah, have a PR for him, it helps you. And then I think right. she, you know, she validated that in that absolutely we do
1: build relationships with those media outlets, so that can be a, a great help. I totally agree one hundred percent. I was like, I wanted to say something when she's saying it. I was I, like, Yes, this is what we love to do. We love to, yeah. to make really? connections and chat with people, it's but fun. Um, I got to say this was a great podcast record. Um, We need to thank our special guest again, Kara Whitstock for joining us on this all new episode of the move the stairs podcast. We thank you, our listeners for tuning in. And we hope that you'll join us once again uh, for our next all new episode of the move the stairs podcast. And we'll see you then.
0: Thank you again for listening to the move the stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase move the stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over unbolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.